0: Well, we're in a series uh, called That Day. I've been in it. This is the 50th message I brought to you. Um, I I decided I would keep this series going until uh, California turned into a Jesus-loving state. How's that? And we brought back values and life and liberty and all of those things. But I want you to know, just uh, by way of introduction, there is a concerted effort in America today to alter the Constitution of the United States. And somehow we don't realize what's happening. Uh, we see things that are happening in our world and we think, well, somebody will fix that or that's gonna get better. We see uh, this threat to pack the Supreme Court, to uh, change voters' laws so that things become a little bit shaky, a little bit easy. We are now setting on $30 trillion of national debt that may not mean much to you. We, we tend to want free stuff, but we don't realize who's gonna pay for it. Yeah. Uh, I can promise you this, uh, young people, it won't be me, it'll be you. Yeah. It will be, and it'll be your children's children unless something changes. Uh, race, gender, and ethnicity have replaced merit in work and school. So no longer is it uh, are you the best person for the job or for that position in school. It all comes down to race, gender, ethnicity. And in case you haven't realized that these things are happening before our very eyes. The First Amendment, which primarily has to do with free speech, freedom to assemble, uh, and the Fifth Amendment, which has to do with due process, that means that can I go through, will everyone go through a process of the court system that's fair and equal to everybody? That is, Those are foundations for our republic. Uh, and they've really vanished from college campuses altogether. But I want to talk to you about the characteristics of the last days. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said there are co- there's coming a day when things are going to change. In other words, there's going to come a culmination of things that are going to indicate we're in the last days. When Jesus talked about the last days, he was talking about a time frame or a period whereby we could say, oh, we must be closer to the return of Christ than we've ever been before. And one of those things is prophetic scripture. That is, God speaks and says this is going to happen, and when you see this happen, you know that you're closer than anyone's been before. And one of the big markers for us, and even though you weren't born when this happened, you now can look back and say that's not that long ago was Israel becoming a nation in 1948, and when Israel became a nation, it was a prophetic marker in the scripture because God was bringing his people back into a land after 2,500 years. Now think about that. 609 BC, Babylon comes in and and deports and drives uh, the Jews out of the land uh, that God had given them, and they're not back in that land. They've lost the Hebrew language over the years. It really became a lost language and now they're back in the land, and they're speaking Hebrew as the primary language of the people, both of which are prophesied in Scripture. So I wanna set it up by telling you uh, about the last days. I wanna tell you some things that we can uh, expect and see, and I'm gonna give you some great things that we can just lock our hearts on in hope. One of the things the Bible says is that supernatural power will be restored to the church in the last days. Now I want you to think about what does that mean? That means, have you ever kinda read the Bible and said, man, I wish I could be there and when Jesus was raising people from the dead or he was healing people or walking on the water and I think we'd all go, that would be really cool, right? But Jesus said it's important that I go away. I have to go away, that meant he's going to be crucified and and raised from the dead. It's important that I go away because I'm gonna send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who is with you now but he will be in you. In other words, if I don't go away, you're not gonna be empowered by the Spirit of God. So he said when that happens to you, you're going to have unexplainable power in your life. Now in the book of Acts, listen to what it says, chapter two and verses 17 and 18. It shall come to pass in the last days. Here it is, there's that phrase. Says God that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And you see this generational promise that goes forth in the last days. It talks about sons and daughters, and it talks about uh, young men, and it talks about old men, and visions and dreams, and he goes on to say, and on my men servant and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So in other words, God says, what I'm going to do in the last days is I'm going to empower my church for times of darkness so that they will shine even brighter. Uh, I, I take some time every once in a while. I'm just curious what happens from a national level that is what churches are doing. Can I tell you, we are totally radical. I mean, I... I pulled up one picture of a church and they have big six foot diameter circles for everybody to stand in outside uh, and do church. And I'm not being critical of that, I'm just saying I didn't realize how radical I was until I did a little research. But when I look and I see people and I see, and I mean I don't just see young people with their hands up singing, uh, you know, some of you jump but your vertical's not that much right now anymore. You know, got like a one inch vertical, right? You're not gonna play NBA, I promise you. Um, But, you know, the idea is that it's contagious when you have a passion and a love for God. And without that, what are you going to have? You know, either Jesus is Lord and we follow him with an enthusiastic, uh, spirit-filled heart, or what are we doing? We're just playing church. Nobody wants to play church. I mean, Satan likes for us to play church, but, he does, but God wants us to be sold out to him. So one of the things we're going to see is supernatural power. I believe we're seeing that. I think that uh, there's a division in the church in America today, which is good. Now, that might sound weird to you, but there's something good about the revealing of those churches and individuals who are not really going to believe God in the midst of a storm. There's a scripture in Jeremiah and it says this, He says, if you have run with men and they have wearied you, how will you run with horses? If in a safe land you fall down, how will you survive the jungles of the Jordan? And the idea is, if you get a little setback like COVID, and I'm not, under, I'm not trying to, to understate its seriousness, but I'm saying by you, when you put that on comparison, it's a whole different game, right? When you think about Great Tribulation, you think about World War II, you think about the Spanish flu, you think about all these things, it's a whole different game. So if you fall down when things are tough, but not in crisis, what are you gonna do when a crisis really comes? What are you going to do if things really got bad? And the idea is that God is drawing out people with courage, who walk in the spirit and they're training them in this season for another season. And the church really, I did a, I did an interview on the Epoch Times and they asked me this question because it, their big thing is it was a Chinese paper that came to America to try to fight communism from America and discovered, wow, we have these things happening in America today. And they asked me the question about communism and have you ever, done any work in communism and Tammy and I, in communist countries and Tammy and I were, we smuggled Bibles into Romania and, and just saw miracles happen through that whole thing and then we did crusades down in El Salvador during that period of the FMLN Communist Party and we saw people shot and tear gassed and arrested and all those kind of things. And they said, what do you see happening in America? And I see, I see the same things happening in America that happened in communist China and that is two churches, an underground church and a state-sponsored church. And I call a believing church and a conforming church. I guarantee you, we are not a conforming church. We will never be that. We will never close our doors. Uh, They may have to arrest Pastor Nate, but I've already offered him up, (laughs) amen. Another thing that we're going to see is demonic warfare in these times. You know, whenever you have a lot of light infused into darkness, darkness tries to rise again. And so what we're seeing today, some of the things you're seeing today can be explained more in the supernatural realm than in the natural realm. Some of the contention, some of the hatred. Have you ever seen a time where people just seem to just be so unhappy with one another for no reason? Um, First Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, there's that phrase again, some will depart from the faith. Now I want you to notice the, there's a definite article before the word faith. That some will depart from the faith. The faith is the revealed word of God. It's not your personal faith. And some will say, you know what, the Bible's not for me, or that's fine for you, but not for me. Some people will try to synchronize religion. What does that mean? They'll say, well, I think I'm a Christian Buddhist, right? Or they'll say, well, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Muslim atheist. Now, this might sound weird, but there are literally books out that help you understand how you can do that. And, and there's a Hebrew word for that. A Hebrew word, write it down. If you've got your phone, pull out your phone, write this down, there's a Hebrew word for that. Are you ready? Baloney. <laughs> That's just not true. Let me give you, uh, I wanna give you a graph here. Sometimes it's easier if you kinda put things uh, in, a, in, a, in a picture form, for vi- especially for visual learners like me. I don't, how many of you are visual learners, right? All right, good. We're gonna be in heaven first. <laughs> that may not be true, but I like the idea. Okay, we're talking about a one-world government, and uh, the reason this has become so important is because nationalism means that we have a nation, and a nation has certain things that make it distinct from another nation. That's called nationalism. So you say, well, where are you from? Well, I'm from the United States of America. That's a nation. And it has, law, has its own laws, has its own borders, has all those things. So what the Bible says there's coming a time when that's going away and there's going to be a despotic ruler who's identified in Scripture as the Antichrist. He's going to come and he's going to try to rule the world in him power and make everybody conform. So what I want to take you through very quickly, you've seen this chart before, but I want to just highlight a couple of places on it. Uh, one of the things the Bible says there'll be a great falling away from the faith. We're seeing that already where people are saying, I really don't believe, they're not holding to the faith. Um, there's going to be some some challenges from that point and then there's gonna be the rapture of the church. What does that mean? And I just encourage you to take a picture, take your phone out, take a picture of this, you can go back and study it and it'll kind of help your Bible to make sense. The church is then taken out of the earth, 1 Thessalonians chapter four, and the Holy Spirit departs in terms of his restraining power on the earth and this opens the door for this period of the tribulation and halfway through the the tribulation there is something called the great tribulation. Jesus referred to this in Matthew 24 and 21 and that's where this this thing called the mark of the beast is gonna happen. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit today. I'm gonna give you some some things that are happening right now in technology that are gonna point to, not that the mark of the beast is out there now, but it's just, oh my gosh, that sounds like what I read about in Revelation chapter 13. Now remember, the Bible says that God does nothing unless he first reveals it to his sons, the prophets. In other words, what does God do? God is a revelatory God. That means that God shows you stuff ahead of time, and it may not make sense to one generation, but it will make sense to later generations because now you can make the application. Yes. So we see the mark of the beast. Then this culminating in this great battle called the Battle of Armageddon. It's called that because it's the Valley of Megiddo. Napoleon saw it when he invaded the Middle East and said, this is the greatest battlefield I've ever seen. Uh, and it will be the final battle, uh, on planet Earth before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 16. So if you kinda get a big picture of this before we jump into it, it's gonna help. Now Jesus sat down with his disciples in Matthew 24 on the Mount of Olives. Now here's the Mount of Olives and over there is Jerusalem. And they ask him this question, what will be the sign of your return and the end of the world? So they were asking these questions 2,000 years ago. They said, you know, the world is changing so quickly, Jesus, for us in the first century, we need to know, is it now? When's it gonna be? And what he said was, now let me tell you guys, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. So let's look at this, Matthew 24, 6 and 7. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars so that you are not, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom will rise against kingdom. So he said this. One of the things you can mark on your, your timeline is that there's always gonna be talk of wars. We've, we, we, we're a planet who likes to kill each other for some reason, right? I mean, it's like the dumbest thing in the world, right? We just can't get along. But he said that's always going to be true. What's gonna change is nation is going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Now, you can mark in your Bible, or if you're taking notes somewhere, that happened for the first time in, a, in an event called World War I, and that was 1914 to 1917. First time there was a global nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Everything before that was Tribal. So I'm looking, I'm saying, wow, I can take my Bible, you mean, and read in in it and understand what's going on in my world? Absolutely. That's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want it to be super complicated. Now, the reason that I bring this scripture up to you right now is what's happening in our world. Can I tell you this? The great battlefield of the future will not be the nuclear bomb. It will not be the great massive armies, it will not be the latest technology, it's going to be genetics. Everything is going to revolve around grabbing as much of your genetic material as this world can possibly get. I want to give you an example of that, just put it out there for you, and then we'll kind of go into this on a couple of levels. I read this article in Business Today and it says China's genetically modified super soldier. That was the headline. Well, that caught my attention, right? Listen to what it says. China is currently developing soldiers with biologically enhanced capabilities. Now, this is not too far-fetched when you figure that Elon Musk has already said that they're working on a chip that they can implant in our brain to make us smarter. Hey, I'm just thinking a little late for me. I needed that when I was in... Seventh grade, amen? Okay, researchers for the Jamestown Foundation say capable of, they would be capable of running um, faster, jumping higher, hitting harder, thinking faster, withstanding certain diseases. Now, there's your code right there. Not only are they gonna be stronger in terms of mentally because of this enhancement, they're also going to include genetically modified, and listen to it, this, what kind of diseases can they withstand? Genetically modified diseases that can attack enemy soldiers. So war yesterday, let's say, is about the fastest bullet and the most accurate weapon. The battlefield tomorrow is gonna to be genetics So that an entire army, let's say, develops MS during the middle of the battle. Are you with me on this? Genetics is the key to the battlefields for the future. According to Chinese General Zhang Sibo, today's biotech advances unlock the possibility to create new synthetic pathogens that are more toxic, more contagious, and more resilient China's elite medical military science, or medical sciences, quote unquote, genetic weapons possess many advantages over traditional biological. What's a biological? That would be like a nerve gas, okay? But now you see it's it's a whole different game. So I want you to start to put some things in place because guess what? As Americans and citizens, you have two things going for you. You know what it is? You have a vote and you have a voice, and you have to use them both. Now, you got something even better than that. Guess what it is? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So you've got, you've got something, an advantage over any other American on planet, that, that exists right now in America. You have the Spirit of God, you have the kingdom of God within you, and that power that drives you forward. Yeah, amen. See, this is what, this is what makes you thrive in the midst of difficulty. Well, what's the control of the last days? What's it going to look like? And by the way, if you're wondering, wow, this thing's going south really fast. Is this ever gonna go back up? Absolutely. We're, we're going to bring you back up. We're going to bring you down. We're going to bring you back up. Amen? All right, now watch what happens here. Control the last days. Daniel chapter 8. And in the latter time, you see that phrase? It's a technical phrase in Scripture. Last days, latter time, last days. In the latter time of their kingdom, when transgressions have reached their fullnesses. So what does that mean? That means, when, that means people and society are sinning more than they ever have before. That means you look like, I can't believe we're tolerating this. I can't believe this is going on in my world. And, and, and you start saying, and God just says, there's gonna come a point when it gets so high, a king and he's talking about the Antichrist here, shall arise, having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. That word in the Hebrew means evil schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive, and he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. The holy people, there's a reference to the Jewish people. Daniel chapter seven, verse 25. He, that is the Antichrist, shall speak pompous things. Now remember, Daniel is writing, About 700, 6 to 700 B.C. He's telling you things that were written, we're reading things that were spoken 2,600 years ago. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and laws. Now remember, these things don't just happen all of a sudden. We adjust, we adjust, we adjust. Um, it's kind of like uh, the governor of New Jersey when the first lockdown came and they, get, they interviewed him and uh, the uh, interviewer asked him this question. Well, aren't you violating people's constitutional rights? And here's what he said. He said, that's above my pay grade. We didn't even consider that. Now imagine, you're a duly elected governor of a state in the United States, and you didn't even consult or think about the Constitution before you started locking things down. That is a precursor, that means it's an early step of trying to control and and move away from your constitutional rights as an American. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. Now here's the passage that everybody says, where is that in the Bible? People say, aren't we gonna get this mark of the beast? And I say, well, I'm not. You can have it if you want, but I'm getting out of here, right? I'm gonna get raptured with other believers. So if you're a Christian, if you're truly a Christian, I don't mean one in name, I don't mean one in culture, I mean you've truly been born into the family of God, then you will be taken out of Earth before this ever happens. You know what that means? That's good news, amen? Yeah, I mean, you ought to be glad with that. I went to the doctor. They said, are you allergic to anything? I said, only one thing. They said, what? And he's got his pennies right. I said, pain. I don't like pain. Are you with me? I don't like challenge. Okay, look what it says. And the second beast, that is the Antichrist, required all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. So the control factor is I can't buy anything and I can't sell anything. If that's true, then I... I I can control people. This is what's happening in this tribulation period. Unless he had the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is a call for wisdom. Let the one who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of man, and that number is 666, 666. Okay? Now, when you read that, you think, wow, there's nothing like that happening in my world today, even close to it, is there? That couldn't happen. I mean, wasn't John just kind of, you know, confused and writing some crazy stuff down in the book of the Revelation? Well, let's just see what's happening today. How about Amazon? Anybody heard of Amazon? Not the river, the company? Okay, here's a headline. Amazon offers Whole Foods customers an easier way to pay. Just hand over your biometric data. That article was 42121, 21 so that was last week. Now let's see what it says. Amazon One calls it identity technology. Remember I said your identity, your DNA, your genetic code, all this stuff is gonna be critically important for you to guard with your life. It stores your palm print in the cloud, but unlike Apple's Face ID, which stores your data in the phone, by putting it in the cloud, you're exposing it to hackers as well as potentially making it more accessible to interested third parties like governments. Unlike a password, you can never change your palm print if that information is compromised. So think about it. I look at my phone, it opens it up. I like that. It recognizes me. I'm just trying, I, I wanna get too, I wanna get with sunglasses and without. You, you know what I mean? I, like, I got my sunglasses, I gotta pull my sunglasses off. How about with mask or without? Right. Okay, so, but what happens is when my palm print goes into this database, it's now stored in the cloud, not in the device itself, and therefore it becomes something that can be taken from me and used by someone else. Here's another one. You're going to love this one. This is, really, this is where it really gets good. Are you ready? Put your seatbelt on. Anybody ever see Kevin Hart ride that roller coaster with Jimmy Kimmel? It's the best video ever done. I'll show it again sometime. Okay, a digital currency, now listen, cryptocurrency system using body activity. What? Okay, we know what cryptocurrency is, at least in concept, right? Somehow this, this, this digital form of currency is kind of making a rise in the world, okay? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all. I'm not trying to diss on cryptocurrency or digital currency. But when it says using body activity data, that makes me wonder, it sounds like it's inside me. Cryptocurrency, I don't mind some things in me, like pizza, but I don't, want, I don't want somebody accessing somehow and tying it to money inside my body. Does that make sense? I mean, there's just some things that just get a little too science fiction for me. So, here's a quote, a digital currency is a medium of exchange designed to allow instantaneous transaction and borderless transfer of ownership. So inside, you mean inside my body I can make purchases with my biometric, my digital currency is tied to that somehow, it is. Let me show you a patent application here from Microsoft. Now this is, this is a patent application, has been approved yet. I checked this out with a former undersecretary of the US Patent Office. And so I just wanted to see, is this a legitimate application? And it is a legitimate application. If you'll notice here at the bottom left of the screen, it says Applicants, Microsoft Technology Licensing, LLC. If you go up to the top up here, publication number, and you can see it also at the top there, it is WO2020. Okay, so it was done in the year 2020, the application. And notice the number, 060606. Now... I don't know about you, but that gives me the creeps. Are you with me? Right? And I'm going, I I don't like these things coming together. And then it's got this cool little diagram over here that I don't really understand, but I've got cryptocurrency going into some kind of communication network, some user device, and I'm over here. So I'm somehow tied in all of this stuff together, and this is kind of what's happening today in our world. So when I say, When I give you a scripture like Revelation 13 where it says no one can buy or sell unless they have a mark on their hand or their forehead and that becomes a transactional device somehow, whether I can see it or whether I can scan it, something is going on, but let me tell you the good news. The good news is that John the Apostle said, this is coming, and he said this 2,000 years ago. Imagine how crazy people must have thought John was in the year 90 A.D., he said, yeah, there's going to be a mark on your hand and your forehead, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. He said, you know, this guy's been smoking hooter. That's all there is to it. Something's going on, this guy's not there. He hasn't got it all together. But you see, when you know your Bible, clarity comes. You know what it says in Romans 8? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Not things present, not things past, not things future not angels, not principalities, not powers, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And you know the other thing, if you know your Bible pretty well? If you just kinda get the highlights, here's what you know. You know that God always protected his remnant. Whether it was Noah and his family, whether it was Israel in the land of Egypt in the the wilderness, or whether it's you living today, you can be assured that God has a plan for you that overcomes all of your fear. You see, the Bible says that God has not given a spirit of fear. Now, stop for a moment, listen. It says fear is a spirit, not an emotion. You mean, well, can I have fear as an emotion? Yes, but he's talking about something different here. That have you ever just kind of been, everything's good, and all of a sudden just felt like, man, I'm fearful, Where'd that come from? I don't even know what I'm fearful about. Well, you see, you gotta remember, we're living in a natural and supernatural world simultaneously. So there's angels, there's all these angels that surround us and help us, but there's also all these demonic spirits that are always kinda like, you know, kinda titting their digs at us. Good news is, there's twice as many angels, and there's God. Amen? Okay, so all of a sudden you go like, wow, I I just felt, I felt like, fearful or I felt like something go on. He says, God has not given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Think of the three things he said. Instead of this this spirit of fear, be filled with love. See, love conquers everything the Bible says, right? Love. Power, where's that? That's the Holy Spirit. Sound mind, that means you think right. You ever let your mind go wander off and you're going, you're in, you're in another planet with your thinking. Have we ever done that, right? I mean, people that have trouble getting to sleep at night, typically their mind is, is just too active. And like, mine is not that way. My mind is not active at night. I lay on, down on, to go to sleep and I'm asleep. I mean, it, sometimes I toss and turn for two or three seconds. You know, and Tammy will, why I can't, how do you do that? How do you go to sleep so quickly? I said, I put my head on that pillow and everything takes care of itself. I don't know, but I don't want to change anything. I like this plan that God has put me on, this path. So what happens is if my mind is racing and it's bringing fear to me, I know this is not of God. Right, so what I do, I lean into God. God, I I can quote the word right back to the enemy. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, say it with me, love, Love. power, power, and a sound mind. Amen? Yes. Amen. That's your, one of your resources. Well, there's a conversion happening in these last days. And what does that mean? That means people are coming to faith in God. We're going to see that increase, but there's always going to be a resistance to God. People are going, I don't want God, or I don't want that God. I, you know, if you want to know, why don't people like me because I'm a Christian? Well, because they didn't like Jesus. Jesus said, they've hated me, they're going to hate you also why because you're a testimony you're you're the you're the basically the presence of god walking around on planet earth and that's sometimes uncomfortable but there's going to be a worldwide revival yes. now let me tell you what that means that means people toward the end of this age are going to come to faith faster and faster than you've ever seen before. You can look back on great kind of things that have happened in history, whether it's a Jesus culture, the Billy Graham crusades, great crusades that have happened around the world, or great movements of God. I'm telling you, there's one better and bigger coming down the end of the age. Amen? And we want to be ready for it. We want to be positioned for it, amen? Let me take you to to Joel chapter two and verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain, when was that? That was at Pentecost, faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, and look, There's that word again, latter, remember? Latter days, last days, the former rain and the latter rain. What's that? The end time revival in the first of the month. Hosea chapter six, verse three. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter rain and the former rain to the earth. You see the promise of God? I'm going to move in your day in a way that you will not believe if told. I'm gonna start raising up young people who are going to prophesy. We're gonna raise up old people who are gonna dream dreams, and they're gonna be speaking into young people, and young people are gonna be speaking into older people, and it's gonna be this powerful synergistic moment where you see everything coming together, and God says, this is how I have it. Just be faithful. Just stay the course. Don't give up. Don't fold. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can you put your hands together and give God the glory? When Jesus was writing to the church in Revelation, and he wrote these words, listen to what he said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What door? The door of your heart. If Jesus was standing outside your your door and you looked on your ring device, don't you love ring? You see the ring guy? I'm not going to the door of that guy. I don't know who that guy is. If he's knocking on the door of your heart and he says, I'd like to come in. I'd like to have communion. I'd like to have fellowship. I'd like to be your friend. I'd like to have a relationship with you. He said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, can you imagine Jesus knocking on the door of your heart and you not letting him in? He said, I will come in and dine with him. That is the idea. The concept is fellowship. And he with me. And then it says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You see, becoming a Christian means that you have power, authority, sound mind, and love in this age. But in the age to come, It means you're granted access into the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news. Amen, I told you I was gonna take you down a path, but I'm gonna bring you back up. Amen? Let me ask you something. If Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now and he's saying, I want a relationship with you, what are you saying? If you're a Christian and he's knocking on the door of your heart and said, I'd like to have a better relationship with you, what are you saying? You see, Jesus always honors the free will of man. If you say, I don't want you, Jesus, he said, that's fine. That comes with a price. If you say, I want you and I want to draw closer to you, I don't know how, Jesus, but I want to draw closer to you. He says, that's all I need to hear. It's a step at a time. It's like building a relationship. It's like meeting somebody. You talk to them the first time. You don't know them that well. You keep talking to them. You know them better and better and better. And after a while, you become best friends. Jesus said, I want to be your best friend. Amen. So I want you to stand with me together right now everyone in the room and those of you watching on live stream or if you're outside in our our structure out there you can you can stand and and I want you to I want you to right now imagine just close your eyes I want you to imagine that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And let's just start with those of you who say, I know that I'm a Christian. I know that I've been born again. And he's knocking on the door of your heart and he said, I'd really like to have more, spend more time with you. I'd like you to draw close to me. I'd like you to love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And then he asked you this question, do you want that too? Do you want that also? And right now just in your in just you can just speak it out where you where you stand, where you sit and just say, "Yes, Jesus, I want that" or "No, Jesus, I'm not ready for that." But respond one way or the other. To not respond is a response. So just just affirm that, "Yes, Jesus, I want a relationship with you and I want to be closer to you as a Christian." I want to recommit my life to you. I want to I want to I want to be a better follower of Jesus. If you're a Christian and that was your prayer, and remember, everybody's just—we got our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that was your prayer and that's what you want, would you slip your hand up? Just slip your hand. Amen. Amen. Just slip it up. That's good. Amen. And you're raising your hand is not for anyone. It's not for me. It's for you, because you have to say, "I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put this this hand up as as a testimony that I want to be closer to God." All right. Now, you can put your hand down. Now, for those of you who say, "You know, I'm I'm not really sure I know Him," I. I, I kind of live a, a bit of a Christian life and I go to church when it's convenient and, and, uh, and I like it when I get there, but I don't go that often and, and I don't understand the Bible and I really, I don't think I've ever come to a place of faith in my life. Then I want you to, I want you to pray this prayer with me to, today. You can actually pray it out loud. People around you, it'll encourage them, it'll encourage you. But it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you were buried in a tomb, you rose again on the third day to give me eternal life. You promise in your word that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I will be saved. Save me right now, Lord Jesus. If you prayed that prayer in sincerity, even with just a little bit of faith, he heard you and he brought you into kingdom. So if that was your prayer, now I'm gonna ask you who prayed that prayer just to lift your hand up as a testimony of saying, I'm gonna stand with God. I prayed that prayer and I received Christ. they would just raise your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. God bless you, all of you. Well, the invitation to follow Jesus is a great invitation, isn't it? Now, I'm gonna do something here. I'm gonna, uh, I wanna talk to you a little bit about standing for God, and I have, uh, I wrote a prophetic blessing out. I started writing it last night as I was sitting in the back uh, at the youth conference, and I finished writing it today, so if it has some grammatical stuff in it and whatever, I, and I text it to our tech crew, but I, I'm gonna put it up on the screen, And uh, I'm gonna ask uh, young people, if you'd like to come up here, we're gonna sing one more song, and I know you're gonna wanna jump and shout and all that. Just come on up front and uh, make your way up here. And we're gonna gonna say this together in unison, okay? Everyone in the room gonna say it, I'm gonna say it, you're gonna repeat after me. We'll do it in little bite-sized pieces. But see, something has to seal in your decision. Something has to be a testimony of your faith, and your courage and what you're gonna do. Now, I'm not limiting this to young people. If anybody else wants to come up here, welcome, as long as there's room up here. But just kinda get in close and and observe at least a a one-inch social distancing. (laughs) Got it? All right, let's say this together. You ready? I've gotta get where I can see it. Here we go. The Spirit of God is bringing a great revival in my day. Satan is a liar. The confusion, fear, and division will not stand. His kingdom, that is Satan's, is crumbling and will be cast into the pit of hell. God is raising his army for these last days. I carry the sword of the Spirit covered in the blood of the Lamb. I will not bend or bow to the world. I am a child of the returning King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you receive that, say, I receive that. Amen, amen.